Hello, this is Aurora, the producer of Lime Ninja Radio. And before we get started, I wanted to let you know that you're going to notice changes in the podcast. You see, we have shifted over to recording episodes on Facebook Live. So what you will be listening to is a live recording that we have uploaded for you to enjoy. Calling all ninjas. Calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Hello. 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 Hi, so everybody. <laughs> Your sound sounds a little funny, Aurora. Oh, is it now? Hold on. Oh, that's better. Did you move your mic in between? I did. Yeah, don't Wait. do that. I didn't mean to. <laughs> that's why we have the green room. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's much better. Everybody's okay. happier. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. We have a special, another special edition of Lime Ninja Radio, the Lime Ninja Radio live show. And we're going to be bringing in Beth O'Hara, who's a very good friend of mine. And she's also the how do you, founder, the director, the leader of Mass Cell 360. That's the name of her business. And she does an incredible job with a lot of Lyme people and other people really struggling with inflammatory issues. And given what's going around the world, including the panic, which also causes inflammation, but the virus as well, this is a good time to talk about inflammation and how to regulate that and how to keep your mast cells from going bonkers during this bonkers time. So thanks for joining us. We're so glad that you're here. Aurora, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Beth? Sure. Beth O'Hara is a functional naturopath specializing in complex chronic health conditions related to mast cell activation syndrome and histamine intolerance, including mold toxicity, uh, post-Lyme mast cell activation, chemical sensitivities, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and autism spectrum disorders. She is the founder and owner of Mast Cell 360, a functional naturopathy practice designed to look at all factors surrounding health conditions, genetic, biochemical, emotional, and environmental. And she designed Mast Cell 360 to be the kind of practice she wished had existed when she was severely ill with mast cell activation syndrome. Exactly. And that's one of the things I love about Beth is she's not only an expert, but she's also her best patient. So she has walked in your shoes and really knows what it's like to walk into a room and just have your brain go blah because of mold uh, sensitivity and things like that. And if you haven't had that happen or you haven't seen it happen to somebody you're close to, it can just, it sounds crazy. It's like, no, that can't really happen, can it? But it can. So Aurora, thanks so much. If you want to connect with us at Lime Niche Radio, please just like us on Facebook. And while we're at it and we send Aurora goodbye, goodbye, Aurora. <laughs> Bye. Please let us know where you're from in the comments. Just let us know and we'll acknowledge you. And some of the friends are here. So we want to say hi. And I know some of Beth's friends going to be here. So Aurora, peace. And let's bring up Beth. There she is. Hi, Beth. Hey, hi. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm super excited because I love talking with you and geeking out with you about biochemistry and genetics. And um, and I'm so happy to be here with all the people that can join us live. I love this Facebook Live thing. I just started this. It's so cool, isn't it? And let's just, there's Ben from Dayton, not too far from you. Hi, not Ben. Hi, Ben. I'm in Cincinnati. Charlotte, Cape Floral. Cute dog, Charlotte. <laughs> and who's this? Mac Go. Hey. Hi, Mac. And Kim Quirk. Hello. She's from Akron. We know Kim. Yes, we do know Kim. She was here on our last show last time. So thanks. Just keep on chiming in as you get here. Let us know where you're from. And what Beth and I are planning to do is have a brief conversation, kind of get the ball rolling, what we've been learning, what we're concerned about regarding mast cell and our patient population, who's probably in the more vulnerable 
group. We would say that gently, right? You're you're more at risk, and we know that. So it's that you're concerned is a good thing. But we want to turn that concern into more actionable, kind of like get it out of the fear mode and really into practical things that you can do to take care of yourself. So we're not running around in a panic. You know, we think panic, oh my God, somebody's screaming, their head's off. But I, when I was little, my the best explanation of panic I've ever seen, we had a little fire in our house and the firemen came tromping up the stairs. Before they came tromping up the stairs, my mother was running back and forth from the bathroom to a trash can. Now, th- there was no fire in the trash can anyway. There was just a little smoke, a little electrical fire that started. But she was using a three-inch Dixie cup, one of those little, and she was running back and forth from the bathroom, right, <laughs> to the trash can to fill the trash can up with water so it wouldn't catch on fire, right? But she now, didn't take the trash can to the bathroom. She didn't do anything, right? But it, she was taking action, and it was totally reasonable at the time. Now, if you asked her, are you panicking, Mom? You know, I was only like four years old, but if I could have in my moment because I was – Anyway, I was having my own little panic at the time. But Astor said, "Are you?" I'm sure she said, "No, I'm making sure the trash can doesn't catch on fire." <laughs> so we want to step back out of those type of actions where we're expending a lot of energy, exhausting ourselves, and getting very little payback for the effort we're putting out. Gosh, that's a great story, McKay. I love that because it talks about doing fruitless action, basically. Or, you know, maybe action that's going to help 1% instead of just taking that trash can to the faucet, fill the trash can up, and then, you know, be ready to dump it on a fire. But but when we're scared, then we have what a lot of times is called that amygdala hijacking, where we're into this emotional reactive state, and then we're not thinking clearly and rationally and making clear decisions. And I think this is what's going on where people are stocking up on Twinkies and Ho-Hos and alcohol. Well, they now, last forever. So <laughs> they, <do last> forever. <laughs> they are the apocalypse food. <laughs> but they, that's true. Humans are going to be gone. They're still going to be Twinkies right. and that's, cockroaches no. eat the Twinkies. But you know, I'm teasing you. Right? Oh, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> but I think if we, I, we need to slow down. And we need to think things out rationally and clearly. And I think part of what is frightening is that we don't have solid information since this is a new virus. There's a lot that's just unknown. I've gotten a ton of questions just today about if I get a fever and it goes above 103, should I take um, acetaminophen or ibuprofen? And the question, you know, there was the announcement by the Minister of Health in France, who said that this is worsening things. And then other people are saying you should take it. He said you shouldn't take corticosteroids and prednisone. Yeah. And then other people are using prednisone. So we don't know the answers to those things. But what we can do is be protecting our immune system, taking care of ourselves. And what I'm working on are action plans for having this virus. I'm just operating from the assumption that at some point I'm going to catch this. I don't have any immunity. None of us have any immunity and it's not going to go away in three weeks. And so we could have cycles of it. It could be, you know, we're dealing with this for six months. It could be that it dies down and comes back in the winter. We, We just don't know. So I think that's where we need to be thinking from a really calm place. Also, all the supplement companies are selling out of all kinds of things, but are we being really thoughtful about what we're onboarding? Do we know how they work together or are we just taking anything possibly proactively? And so there's some supplements that aren't good. If you have mass cell activation syndrome, like ascorbic acid forms of vitamin C. So we don't want to be using that. We could worsen a mass cell player. So these are the kinds of things. And I, also think if we have some action steps we can take that always feels much better than not knowing what to do and i heard someone um define angst one time as having to make decisions without the information needed to make the decisions and that makes us feel panicked if we don't know how to make decisions or we don't have the information we need to make decisions. 
but there is some information available. And there are things that I'm doing that I'm putting out there on the Mass Cell 360 blog. I'm documenting what I'm doing. I'm documenting how I've prepared. And it, um, there's a Facebook Live there on the Mass Cell 360 page from uh, Monday, yesterday also, if people want to watch those. And I think we've got to watch also our, um, we have to watch our news sources because some of, well, news sources typically sell more ads when more people are watching. And so they want to be alarmist in order to keep people glued. And I'm not saying that we don't need to be concerned. We definitely need to be concerned, but we don't need to be panicked or freaked out. And everybody I've talked to today is stressed. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things I wanted to mention in terms of panic. So panic can be checking your Facebook 30 times an hour type of thing to see if anything's new. Uh, and it, it doesn't feel like panic. Oh, I'm just che- I'm just checking, and we and we've kind of almost in that habit anyway. But with with this news seeming news anyway, uh, then there is even more compelling. You know, it's again, it's the amygdala, right? It's how we survive is we pass along gossip, and then our brain pulls together threads of gossip and tries to make an action plan. The problem is we're gossiping with everybody on the planet now. It used to be you gossip with your neighbor or your family or a small group, and you're literally limited by how much of the gossip input you could get. And now it's literally infinite. And our brains aren't designed to handle infinite gossip. It really isn't. It stresses us out crazily. So I'm totally with you. Really shut down your screens for at least at least an hour a day. The world won't go away. I promise you're not going to get the virus in an hour if you're home alone. It's not going to happen. Put your phone down. Take a walk. Do some breathing exercises. You know, something real simple. Breathe out for four seconds. Hold for four seconds. Breathe in for four seconds. Hold for four seconds. It's called tactical breathing. Just something simple like that. Get your system calmed down. Beth, you just bring up such great points there. Yeah, you do too. I'm, I'm doing the, 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 I like you called it tactical breathing. I'm doing that now. Um, <laughs> it's an awesome, it's so easy. So let's do it. So first, I always start by breathing out. So breathe out for four seconds. And then you hold for four seconds. And then you breathe in for four seconds. Hold again, and then exhale again. And you do that over a couple minutes, and you've reduced your respirations to four per minute. You have plenty of oxygen, but it slows your heart rate down incredibly. They teach this to law enforcement people, to the military, because there can be in some very stressful situations. And if your heart goes, then your brain goes, and then you start buying toilet paper and you don't need any. I'm guilty of that. I should have breathed when I was in Kinney, but it was right there and I grabbed it. I couldn't help myself. (laughs) Aurora was there. I said, should we get it? She's like, we don't need it. I said, I know, but should I get it? She's like, we don't need it. I'm like, I'm buying it. She said, we don't need it. I couldn't help myself. I was panicking. Right. And there's an instinctual drive that's going on. So I think one of the things that we can do that's socially responsible is to just get what we need to get us through two to three weeks and then leave something on the shelves for other people. So instead of getting six bottles of the supplement that I use, um, I have planned out two months because there are supply issues and there are certain supplements I need to be functional, but I'm resisting the urge as much as possible to get all six bottles and there's six bottles left to leave some for, for others as well. And at, at this, so we want to be doing this calming and then we want to be thinking about and planning What kinds of things do we want to have on hand? So like I said before, I'm planning for at some point I'm going to get this virus. Um, I do have vitamin C on hand. There was a great question. What kind of vitamin C should we be using instead of ascorbic acid? So there's some different options. And um, I think it was um, Kathy put in that she's using camu. 
Um, so Camu Camu is a good low histamine, low oxalate option. If you have salicylate intolerance, if you know what that is, it is a salicylate. So that's one thing. Um, there's also magnesium and sodium ascorbates. I really like sodium ascorbate with POTS and with um, low blood pressure, especially. And vitamin C and sodium use the same transporters into the cell. So sodium will help drive vitamin C into the cell. So those are some options. If you can find um, a, so a sorbyl palmitate from tapioca, and I will warn you that pure encapsulations used to source from tapioca, now it's sourced from corn. They're a sorbyl palmitate, and I've had people react to it from corn fermentation, so I had to stop using it. Um, but there are some other brands that make tapioca-based sorbyl palmitate, and that's a form of vitamin C as well that people with histamine and mast cell issues can use. So let's pause there for a second. And vitamin C is critical in the defense against viruses. It's also critical in keeping the cell's integrity as it gets geared up to fight something off. So while let's say the cell, you know, the cells on the cilia of your lungs or the buccal mucosal uh, producing cells in the lungs are getting infected, that means there's going to be a lot of oxidative stress there as your immune system kicks into gear and tries to kill off the invaders or the infected cells. And what happens is if there's not enough vitamin C on board or other antioxidants to kind of recycle glutathione and reverse glutath enough glutathione to recycle vitamin C, then what happens is the oxidative stress builds up and the cell either has to pause its functions for a while as it tries to repair puts all its energy into pair, or then targets itself to be shut down and be recycled. So it ceases to be a functional part of, of the cilia. And if that starts happening, that's when the cilia start dying off. And that's when we start having those issues of really soon. So it's really, vitamin C sounds so simple. You know, we're talking about very simple things here, vitamin C, breathing, staying calm, but those are the basis of a healthy immune system. We don't have to get super fancy to really nourish our immune system. It's need to not forget the basics as we add in all these other layers of support. That's a great point. So basics are eating very healthily, getting plenty of water, um, getting extra sleep. So right now I'm not um, setting my alarm in the morning. I'm sleeping until I wake up. I'm um, sleeping extra on the weekend. And then, um, well, again, there's the stress relief and some of these basic nutrient supports. Vitamin C also supports the adrenal glands, which we know in the flu, flu attacks the adrenals. And that's part of what makes you feel so wrecked and like you've been hit by a truck. Um, there's some suspicions that this virus could be have some similar actions to the flu. We don't know for sure. But vitamin C is pretty safe for most people, except if you've had a history of kidney stones or very high oxalates, then you want to go lower, not do the um, bowel tolerance dosing. Yes. And bowel tolerance is when you take as much until you go to the bathroom very quickly. Yeah. Otherwise known as <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> that's, that's often how you find your optimal dose. Yes. Vitamin yeah. C magnesium dosing up until you have loose stool. Now, were you the one telling me, though, that the body can only handle about 200 milligrams at a time? Or is that Emily? One of you um, two mentioned that. That's probably related to oxalate. So if we have oxalate okay. issues. We want to keep it to around 200 milligrams, um, 250 milligrams, um, depending on how severe the oxalate issues are. Now, I can do 250 milligrams twice a day. Some people with oxalate issues, if they're more extreme, need to keep it to once a day. The other interesting thing is some of those vitamin C transporters compete with carbohydrates. So you want to kind of take the, the, your vitamin C away from any bread type stuff or sugary type stuff. If you're eating that sort of thing, if you're eating your Twinkie, your end of the world Twinkie. If you have mast cell activation, please don't eat Twinkies. <laughs> if if you're leaving, living and breathing, please don't eat Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> so my question about the oxalates again. Um, yes. No, you don't. That's what we were just talking about. You would, if you have 
significant oxalate problems, depending on how severe they are, you might be at 250 milligrams twice a day. Or if you've had a history of kidney stones or more significant oxalate issues like that, then I would keep it at 250 maximum per day. And you could even spread that 250 milligrams out. So if we dose vitamin C in multiple doses, the body can absorb it better than if you take it all at one time. Yes, and hence the advantage of a liposomal vitamin C, which the body can absorb much more readily than just straight up C, no matter what the source. Uh, the same for IV. You know, if you're in a situation where somebody can give you uh, IV vitamin C, that's one way to get things up very quickly. And there's a great, I should have done my research for this, Beth, I apologize. There's this great video by this funny little scientist and he creates uh, a scorbate supplement mm -hmm. out of, have you seen this, out of zucchini skins? No, I haven't seen that one. He is awesome. So he talks about the difference of absorption, even with, I think he's even talking about liposomal, and it's comparable. So you could basically you need a blender, you need some zucchini, and you you mix it up, and I forget, you put something in there, I forget what it is. But it's this great video, and then you freeze them. Apparently, it's not very stable, so it doesn't make a good supplement. Otherwise, I'm sure you'd be trying to make a supplement. But he teaches you how to make these little ice cubes, and then you can melt them and then drink this stuff. And I assume it tastes like green zucchini skins. Not great, but uh, it's, it's, it's a way to really boost your vitamin C levels tremendously. So if you Google a score bait, right? Not a scorbic, a scorbate and zucchini, you should find him. He looks like he's doing it in kind of a kitchen of a double wide. <laughs> Forgive me if you're, if this ever gets him, but that's kind of what it looks like. Watch it anyway. The man knows what he's talking about. He's that's so interesting. I have to look that out. And <laughs> so that awesome. might be really good too in a pinch. Um, since we are talking about mast cell activation, I just have to slide in that zucchinis are a, a lectin. Uh, well, no, not awful. They're just a lectin, and um, a number of people have lectin, lectin issues. Yeah, so my, something to just just think about. I do really like camu camu for people with oxalate issues because camu camu is a um, it's a berry, and it's a complex, and so it boosts vitamin C levels much faster than some of these synthetic forms that we've been talking about. And so you can get higher intercellular levels of vitamin C with a lower dose. Um, so you can look up Camu Camu. Now what I'll tell you is that there are a lot of contamination issues with Camu Camu. And um, so a really good brand is Navitas, N-A-V-I-T-U-S. And um, then there are a few other brands. Let me find this here for you. The brand I'm okay. using in my practice is Zint, Z-I-N-T. Okay. So while we're paused here a little bit, this is a great time. If you have questions for Beth, now's the time to type them into the comment box. Let us know what you're thinking, what you have worries about, even if it's something we haven't talked about. I know we haven't gotten very deep in yet, but there's there's just too much to cover. And that's why we want to say, do the basics, right? Sleep, water, food, vitamin C is a very basic thing. And we'll get into a couple other things, but please type in your comments and or questions, I should say, comments and or questions, and we'll get to them in short order. And there was something I wanted to um, mention from before, which was not everyone with mast cell activation syndrome is necessarily going to have complications. So there are people with mast cell activation who have both overactive immune systems and low immunity. And um, if you're somebody who tends to not get infections very often, and you don't get sick and you don't tend to get bronchitis and respiratory issues, then you may, maybe, again, we don't have any trials. We don't know for certain, but po possibly at lower risk. And then there are people like me who I've had a lot of mold exposure that dampens the immune system and um, can weaken immunity. So I and historically have caught things very quickly and then it progressed into bronchitis. And so I think I'm a little more at risk because of that kind of history. So, so I think 
we could then kind of segregate out these different parts of the mast cell population and that immune system is so complex. It's, yeah, it's so important that you know your own body. Uh, and I know, Beth, we're starting to really dig into the different functions of the immune system and how it gets dysregulated. And our work with Bob Miller and the genetics up to this point has really been on the inflammation side of things, kind of subsets of the immune system. And now we're kind of backing up and saying, okay, what's going on as a whole here with some of these immune signaling molecules and how that can get dysregulated. The thing to remember though, is, you know, we hear of terms being thrown around like cytokine storms and they're very descriptive and it makes it sound like cytokines are a bad thing. And cytokines are no different than, you know, the mailman. Right. And if you get bad news from the mail, you know, from somebody, it doesn't mean the problem with the mailman. You know, you're not having a mailman storm. You just, <laughs> you know, they're just doing their jobs. What happens, it's more of an imbalance. It's really, it's almost more Chinese medicine, more weather based. We need to start in these complex things, I think, Beth, thinking more in terms of weather. Like, yeah. what's our percentage chance of catching something? What's the likelihood of something going to be happening? There are no, there are very few straightforward linear questions and answers and solutions anymore. It's all probability and, well, let's try a little bit of this. And so it's important not to perturbate the system too much, push it too hard in any one direction. And whether that's trying to stamp out inflammation, it's like, oh, inflammation is bad. We want to get rid of it. Oh, no, we shut down inflammation and now we can't respond to the, you know, the novel COVID virus. You know, So it's like we, the, the body is using all of these functions for a purpose. And we don't want to just take them completely offline unless we really, really understand what we're doing and we really, really understand the risks. You know, even something like mast cells, and I know you say this all the time, like a mast cell is not the enemy. You know, it's right. your friends, you want them. They just need help getting back on their feet and operating properly. Right, so we we have to pick up with that. And this is something, we probably should tell people how we know each other, which is that we're both on <laughs> Uh, we're both research advisors on the Nutrigenetic Research Institute. And um, so McKay and I have back channel conversations about this biochemistry. He's part of the think tank. If you're one of my clients that I've referenced, um, McKay's one of my go-to people on biochemistry and genetics and the immune system. And he's a um, Chinese medicine expert and acupuncturist. So I always really value his perspective here. And on the cytokines, we have both pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory cytokines. And what's happening in the cytokine storm is that the pro-inflammatory cytokines are really essential as a part of the infection um, process and to dampen infection, but then it's getting out of control and unregulated. So one of the things that we're really working on is this whole thing going around about elderberry and nobody should take elderberry, but elderberry is actually a cytokine modulator. So I'm still of the stance that I don't think elderberry, I think elderberry is very helpful. I'm taking it myself. Um, should we take it if we come down with COVID-19? I don't know. Um, from the perspective I'm coming from, I think it would still help modulate and be beneficial, but that could change tomorrow if some new research comes out. Um, so I'm going to jump in here and... and I don't want to disagree. I'm going to give another perspective here. Yeah. And this is secondhand, so not my own. And I've used elderberry syrup. I actually love it. I've used it in the past, uh, not in this context here. Um, but so two people I respect very highly, Stephen Buhner, who's written many, 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 many books on herbal. He's a true, a, truly a master herbalist, right? There's mm -hmm. no doubt about that. And also uh, Dr. Yannick, who is, uh, who is a functional medicine practitioner and and with the expertise in the immune system and trying to use natural uh, approaches as well. So he's not a master herbalist, but he knows the immune system in and out. Both of them are fans of elder, but not the berry. Right. They're fans of elder leaf or elder bar, or actually say Buner yeah. is. Because so, it's more yeah, yeah. Well, right. No, no. It's different. So this is this is where kind of having a little bit of experience with the Chinese medicine comes into. So yeah. the different the different parts of the plant and different preparations matter tremendously on the effect of the herb. And we're very sloppy in our language in the US about it. So we'll 
we, we don't identify the part of the plant necessarily. Right. And then we definitely don't define how it's being prepared most often. So whether it's a tincture, whether it's a detoxin, whether it's dried herb. So, you know, is it elder root, you know? And so in Chinese right. medicine, you've got something elder root stir fried with, you know, coconut oil. And then, you know, with a dash of cinnamon on the side kind of thing. I mean, really, it gets into very sophisticated things because I've been doing it for 2000 years. And it really, it can make a huge difference on how something's prepared, even whether it's toxic or not. So, yeah, yeah. you know, That's so, so yeah. I just want to bring that out is so what I understand from Buner. So Yannick says no elderberry at all. He's one of the, he's probably the one causing the, you know, elder is terrible. Stay away from it. And what I suspect from Buner. So then I went to Buner and Buner says, elderberry, I'm not a fan of. And I don't remember. He wrote a long post on his Facebook page. You can check it out there. But he particularly says elder leaf is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about elder. No, these I believe of, he's talking about an elder leaf decoction. So that's a tea yeah, right? yeah. and not a tincture <laughs> and not the dried herb. So, and he's talking about specifically for this infection, right? So, no, no, he was talking in general. He was talking okay, in general. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll, 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 I'll send that along to you. Sure. And again, like I said, I've used it myself. So I'm not, you know, not stepping. But okay. And let's, before we go down this rabbit hole, um, I want to get to these questions because there's yeah. starting to pile up here. So we'll start it with super simple. Um, question here. Actually, where did it go? So we had, how do you know if you have oxalate issues? We, I yeah, think but I want to go before. Some vitamin C. Yeah, we'll just mention that again. Um, so like? I think look at the um, form first. So are we talking about, Are do we have tapioca sorbyl palmitate, magnesium or sodium ascorbate? And then um, I really go with the pharmaceutical grade brands. So those are things like Pure Encapsulation, Storm, Douglas, Laboratories, Life Extensions. There's lots of really good brands like that. Um, so that they, they have that extra layer of quality control. So you're getting the same dose per capsule as opposed to other brands that don't have that quality control. And then you get very different amounts per capsule. So I think that's what's important. There's lots of really good brands. Just look for the third-party testing. Okay, thanks. And? Um, to know if you have oxalate issues, so you can do a urinary organic acid test through Great Plains. They have three great oxalate markers. Uh, common symptoms with oxalate issues are osteopenia or osteoporosis, muscle pain, joint pain, interstitial cystitis, history of kidney stones, oxalate kidney stones. Any of these are common oxalate symptoms. I have to tell my one oxalate story because everything I know about oxalates, I learned from you. And I'm so, so excited to help this young lady. So I had this young woman come in and she's in college and a hockey player. And basically she's destroyed one of her hips and has had surgery on it and so forth and so on. And what it turned out after all was said and done, she's saying, oh, I just want to, she's a senior. I just want to get through the season, right? And luckily her season ended before they had shut down all the schools. But anyway, I just want to get through the season. So you were talking, da, 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 tell me about what you eat because the Chinese medicine, we're always interested in what you eat, the basics, sleep, water, eat, right? What do you eat? Well, I eat really healthy. And whenever I hear that, I say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me what you eat. <laughs> I eat really healthy. No, really, tell me what you eat. Well, you know, I do this and eats a lot of greens and, you know, well, you know, tell me about, you know, you do spinach, you do things. Like, oh, yeah, I love spinach. <laughs> about four years ago, I started adding spinach in every meal. And I said, oh, no, because spinach is a super high oxalate food. I said, tell you what, let's start reducing the spinach in your diet. Yeah. Not eliminate it all at once because. Yeah. You want to go slow. You don't yeah, want to play cold turkey. Yep. Yeah. You can read all about that on Beth's site. It's it's a nightmare. It actually makes things worse. It's kind of like when you go quit smoking, you get sick after you stop smoking. You think you get healthy first, but you get sick first. So going off oxalates is kind of similar to that. Anyway, she reduced the oxalates in her diet and her hip was like 90% better instantly. She That's was like, amazing. wow, you're a miracle worker. I said, no, I know Beth. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and I know this because I was on a cane for years. I could barely walk. And when I learned about oxalates, when I reduced them, now I didn't know about going slowly. So I went cold turkey and I got lucky and didn't have the complications with it. But I was off that cane in two weeks. So 
high oxalate foods are spent the highest spinach, beets, Swiss chard, uh, rhubarb, almonds. So All just the healthy foods. With some, yeah. Celery juice, very high oxalate. Um, magnesium for sleep. I really like the form called magnesium threonate. It's the form of magnesium that'll cross the blood brain barrier and it modulates glutamate. It's very helpful. Not everyone does well with it or feels well with it. So um, start it slowly, but that's the form that that's my go-to for magnesium for sleep. With previous mold exposure, yes, I think we can definitely, um, I don't know if we could, and I'm sure you've got some good thoughts on this, reverse back to baseline. I think we have to think about how do we get to a healthier state yeah. that we're never going to go back to the way we were before. But we can definitely, I'm walking proof of that, um, of my immune system being way healthier than it's ever been. I think so. I mean, we're, we're part of this we're bringing in in the background of conversation, Beth, is our uh, talks about uh, cell danger response, you know, and this idea is can things ever get back to normal? And uh, both you and I have seen that you can get back to normal, but then there's a tendency, you're more likely to slip back again. That's the thing. So you're more easily provoked. So the, I, I really do think it is possible to get to normal, but you can't, you know, you can't be carefree and normal. You have right. to be, you have to be careful and, and normal. So mm-hmm. I, I think it is possible. And we do, that, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to get your immune system back to neutral again. You don't want it going too much in reverse, too much in forward. You know, don't want to pull into the left or to the right. And the immune system can move in all different ways, depending on what type of uh, attack it's under, whether it's viral or whether it's, you know, mold in the lungs or whether it's a bacteria in the bladder, it will respond differently. And it's supposed to do that, but then it needs to resolve and come back to neutral again. And that what the problems we get is in the resolution phase. It just, it goes too far or our bodies are too weak to bring it back. And I think that's what you're talking about. So it can be done. And obviously one of the best ways to do it is take out the offending thing right so if it's Lyme disease you want to kill off as much of the Lyme as you can if it's you know the virus you want to avoid the virus right no doubt about that the mold you need to get yourself out of a moldy situation and a lot of what we see with post-Lyme post-mold complications when the Lyme is resolved the mold has been cleaned up but people are still sick it's the immune system stuck in this hyper response and it's part of this cell danger response that we're talking about. And there are ways to modulate that. I'm actually working on a formula for that um, that'll hopefully be out this summer. So that there, there are some supports that help modulate that response. Yeah, there absolutely are. It, th- yeah, there's there's so much to say there. We'll do more about that later. Yeah, that's a whole so Kimberly says, I need that. Oh, you read the Buner post. I thought you said I, when I was reading on the small print, you said I need it. Yeah. The Buner post is very interesting. He had several of them. He goes on a little bit of a rant. It's very entertaining. If you like that sort of thing. Um, um, no silver for coronavirus. You know, I, McKay knows Dr. Yannett's work way better than I do. I am using colloidal silver um, mm-hmm. as a throat spray and a nose spray. And um, I think it's helpful for that, but I don't. I don't personally right now know of any contraindications for it. In, in this, yeah, n- neither do I. And I know it's even being used in pharmaceutical to uh, as an adjunct to support the pharmaceutical's effectiveness. I think there's a place for it, like anything else. I I have not come across his Dr. Yannick's particular objection to colloidal silver. I'll look that up because I'm curious too. Uh, in general, I think it can be a useful tool. I mean, we need some natural tools to help kill these things off. And I think colloidal silver can be one of those personally. I've Again, something I've used. I don't have it in the house right now, but nothing against it. Okay, what do we have? And this is a good question. I use SPM active in my practice and take mm-hmm. it um, myself also. Uh, it, that's so individual, depending on what you've got going on. It's a great um, anti-inflammatory modulator. So when we're ta- when I, what do I mean by that? It helps support the um, reduction of the over response of the immune system. and helps modulate the immune system in that way in terms of, so SPM active stands for special pro-resolving mediators. It's what omega-3s are converted into. 
Okay. Um, are you supposed to feel aware? I think that really depends on your circumstance and, and what's going on um, and how much you're taking. Max on a roll. <laughs> so do you know what LDI and LDA is? Low dose immunotherapy. Oh, okay. And, okay. Um, yep. I'm, I'm blanking on the A and the LDA, but um, similar. I, I have seen really good reports of that helping. And um, so it's basically we're taking super, super low doses of what your immune system is reacting to in an attempt to calm it down. Um, I've seen cases of it working really well and cases of it um, backfiring. And so, it, again, it's super independent or super it's, dependent on the case. Yeah. The, the cytokine soup that's swirling around our body is so complicated and cytokines aren't the whole story. There are other signaling molecules Lots like nitric oxide, like uh, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, mm -hmm. uh, other signaling molecules like glutathione ends up being a signaling molecule. I mean, the body's it's doing nothing but talking to itself in, in all different ways. And then there are other signaling molecules in the, in, in the immune system as well. And I'm blanking on a bunch of them. Like there's some of them I'm just learning about. It's like every time I turn the page on a, on a research paper, there's something else I have to look up in Wikipedia and say, what is that? But there are dozens and dozens and dozens. And so when you start doing the math of dozens and dozens of influences and how they all come together, we can't really understand it in our brain. We, that's the simple fact. So we need to keep zooming out and zooming out to kind of get the big picture. And then we can zoom in a little bit and then zoom back out. But we can't, you can't lose the forest for the trees. And I think that's what happens with so many of the, for the pharmaceuticals is they've zoomed down to this one receptor, you know, one type of receptor on one types of cells. And they even forget, not that they forget, but the research ignores those receptors and all the other cells in other parts of the body. So now we've got these uh, side effects. We've got all these unintended consequences. You know, prednisone's a great drug, right? If somebody's dying and you need to shut down the inflammation now, but it was never designed for somebody to take for, you know, 20 years on lupus. You know, that's just, you just can't do that. And there's yeah. so many drugs out there like that, that just the, the long-term effects are, are bad news. And it's important to know the same sort of thing can happen with uh, natural substances. I mean, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's safe. So, you know, go slowly, be careful, be kind in supporting your immune system for this crisis. The basics go a long, long way because your innate immune system is going to be your initial response. If that's strong and robust, then you'll give you time for your body to make the antibodies, get ramped up, and then take care of the virus. But if you don't have a robust immune response, and we're talking grandma's medicine here, right, Beth? We're talking, once again, we're talking about get enough sleep, take mm -hmm. a walk, right? Don't exercise too heavily. Don't get stressed out about things. Turn the TV off. Chicken Go to soup. bed at night. <laughs> yeah, chicken soup, because chicken that's going to have higher levels of cysteine in it. Now, yeah. when we're doing chicken soup, we don't want to do with mass activation and histamine intolerance or oxalates, long boiled bone broth. That's not, that's contraindicated. But meat broths, where you just make a soup, throw the chicken meat in there. And um, those kinds of things are very healing. I think I have a good quick answer here for Mac. Maybe this is what's happening with Yannick. Colloidal, so there's a difference between colloidal silver and then the um, micronized or nanoized particles. Yeah. So colloidal silver is probably a little too high of a particle. That's what most people talk about, or too big of a particle. And that's what most people are, are calling the use of silver. So what you're really looking for are the um, things like Argentine 23, um, there's some other brands like that that have a special process of making that silver small enough that doesn't accumulate in the body. So there are silver formulas that are toxic and I would not use, especially wouldn't use any silver formula. It's not clear. So if it's brown or has a color to it, I would not take that because it can accumulate. But the forms that we're talking about are the um, really micronized molecules so that they don't accumulate in the body. Yeah, that's a good point. And to kind of wrap things up here. Thanks, Ben. 
Um, so I know McKay, you're, you're live frequently. Yes. So the two ways of interpreting up one is, will we be doing this again? And of course, Beth, Beth and I will be doing this again. We don't know when, but probably in a month or so, um, depending on her schedule, depending on mine. And then they will be saved on Facebook. Facebook does a very nice job of just saving these. So it's always there. If you want to go back and listen to it again, just go ahead and do that at your leisure. And I haven't yet put them up on LimeNinjaRadio.com, but that's coming now that I'll be home and probably not seeing too many patients in the office. I'll have some free time. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> and then I've been live on Mondays right now um, at 2 p.m. And that's on the Mass Health 360 Facebook page. I'll probably continue that um, for the time being, just as we have new updates coming on and I'm talking about these things and then going forward, it'll be every two weeks, Monday is 2 p.m. That's Eastern time uh, and talking about different aspects of mass cell activation. Beautiful. Beth, thanks so much. I'll go ahead and let you go. We're going to pull Aurora up for a little bit and um, we really don't have a good system. I can't just kind of like keep you around. So I'll just say goodbye now. And thank you. You've been awesome as always. And uh, I'll text you in a few minutes after we wrap things up here. Perfect. So good to talk with you, McKay. Yep. I always love our conversations. Glad we can work together and help people. Thanks, Beth. Me too. All right. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All Hi. right, Miss Aurora. It's Isn't always, she awesome? Yes. It's always so great to hear Beth, to hear from Beth. It was, what I got from this one is the basics are important. Those sleeping, breathing well, vitamin C, taking walks, grandma's soup. That's the important stuff right now, especially if you can't do anything else, especially if your body can't tolerate doing anything else. And then also just being kind with yourself when you start these kind of tricky uh, interventions or with these tricky um, hyper-inflammatory syndromes. Just be kind to yourself and know that it'll take a little bit. Yeah, go easy, go slow. And yeah. there, may, there may be a setback. And that's why it's so important to use somebody like Beth as a resource and to, to work with somebody like that. Because in the healing process, often there is an adverse effect. And the thing to be able to sort out, is this an adverse effect on the way to feeling better and something you need to push through? Or is this an adverse effect where you're actually doing some damage and need to back off? And that can be super tricky to sort out. And having somebody on your team that really knows you very well and knows the ins and outs of what you're dealing with, like particularly with mast cells, with Lyme disease, is critical you know, it just takes so much of the pressure off yourself. Of course, you end up, you're the final expert, right? You're with yourself 24 seven, right? You, you know your body better than anybody else, but it's important to have that sounding board to say, you know, has anybody else felt this or is, am, am I the only one? Or is there a possibility of an adverse effect here? Or should we just keep powering through? I think those are really important. And especially, especially when, I mean, I love what Beth said, at some point we're going to get this virus, right? And we've talked about the super basic things. It's almost like we didn't talk about the virus because what we're talking about was so simple. But what we're talking about is so simple and so powerful. And it's at the core of having a healthy immune system. You most likely will get the virus. What they're talking about of flattening the curve is either two things. One is reducing the number of people all at once who get the virus. Or if we really got ahead and this curve is really being flattened and curving down, what will happen, there'll be more like Beth talked about, there'll be little pockets here or there. And you may or may not get the virus at all, ever. It's possible, right? At this point, it seems unlikely. At some point, everybody's going to get it. But it's possible that if this curve really flattens out, that you might not be there. But you want to be prepared as if you're going to be in one of those pockets. And the best thing to do is have a healthy immune system. And really, it's bringing to the focus all the little things we know to do but we've forgotten or gotten lazy about, including the hand washing, including getting good night's sleep, including turning our cell phones off, including you know going on a social media diet. Like we just need to reduce the stress in our lives. Yeah. So that's what we have to say. Yeah. And can I interrupt you for a second? We have one final question from Kathleen Bennett. She said, please share brand names of colloidal silver. I have two that my other boss uses. 
Okay. Um, and her and other boss, by the way, is a very knowledgeable uh, natural nutritionist. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. she's credible. I vouch for her. Thank you. Um, so my boss uses uh, colloidal silver called Silver Silin by the brand Designs for Health. And she also uses a colloidal silver um, from Deseret Biologicals. So those are two places that you could look into. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Aurora. All right, we're going to wrap up here. If there are any more questions, we'll come back to the comments on Facebook and I'll try to get those answers one by one. And Beth, I see that you're still uh, hanging out here. So if you'll also pop by the comments and answer some of the questions for uh, if there are any leftover ones, I'd really appreciate that. I think that... What? She said Argentine 23 sovereign silver is what Beth says. So we have a... Oh, okay. She texted it to you. Answer, for the, answer so from our expert today. Say it one more time. Argentine 23. R... A-R-G-E-N-T-Y-N-E, and then the number 23. All right. Thanks. I'm so glad you spent some time with us this evening. It's always a lot of fun getting to know people on this Facebook Live and Lime Ninja Radio Live. It It's fun. The podcast has been fun, I have to tell you, but Facebook Live is a whole nother level of fun. And goodness knows we need some fun these days. Thanks. See you soon. Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.